0: Good morning, this is Friday, June 27th, 2014, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's on today's front page. Redrawn lines seen as no cure in Iraq. Justices rebuke Obama on right of appointment. And court rejects zone to buffer abortion clinic. In today's national headlines, political prescriptions for marijuana defy data. The House's hopes fade for immigration overhaul. And some dispute murder charge and hot car death of a boy. In today's financial headlines, BNP pleading guilty will pay $8.9 billion. Parts suppliers scrutinized in GM recall inquiry and Facebook bid to shield data from the law fails so far. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Istanbul by Robert Worth. Redrawn lines seen as no cure in Iraq. Over the past two weeks, the specter that has haunted Iraq since its founding 93 years ago appears to have become a reality the de facto partition of the country into Sunni, Shiite, and Kurdish cantons. With jihadists continuing to entrench their positions across the north and west, and the national army seemingly incapable of mounting a challenge, Americans and even some Iraqis have begun to ask how much blood and treasure it is worth to patch the country back together. It is a question that echoes not only in Syria, also effectively divided into mutually hostile statelets, but across the entire Middle East, where centrifugal forces unleashed by the Arab uprisings of 2011 continue to erode political structures and borders that have prevailed since the collapse of the Ottoman Empire a century ago. Yet Iraq and Syria's potential fragmentation along sectarian or ethnic lines is not likely to offer any solution to its dysfunction, analysts say, and may well generate new conflicts driven by ideology, oil, and other resources. At least a third of the country is beyond Baghdad's control, not counting Kurdistan, said Zaid al-Ali, an Iraqi analyst and the author of The Struggle for Iraq's Future. But any effort to make that official would likely lead to an even greater disaster, not least because of the many mixed areas of the country, including Baghdad, where bloodbaths would surely ensue, as different groups tried to establish facts on the ground. The Obama administration has urged Iraqi politicians of different sects to come together, repeating admonitions that were so often heard in the years after the 2003 invasion. But the Pentagon, reluctant to commit more manpower to a complex and profoundly uncertain conflict, has quietly hinted that it could live with Iraq's current division— despite the dangers posed by a potential new terrorist sanctuary in the deserts linking Syria and Iraq. The context this time is different from a decade ago. Sectarian hatred has begun to alter the region's political DNA in ways that make the old borders more vulnerable. Many ordinary Sunnis describe the seizure of Mosul and other cities as a popular revolution against a Shiite-led government, not a terrorist onslaught. With Iran, their historic enemy, now lining up drones and other military supplies to help the government of Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki retake the north and protect the south, many Sunnis may become further alienated from the state. Iraq's constitution already allows such federal devolution to be worked out. But in their current polarized state, Iraq's leaders scarcely seem capable of agreeing on anything. Fundamentally, we have to answer the question, do we Iraqis want to live in the same country? said Faisal al-Istrabadi, an Iraqi diplomat who teaches law at Indiana University. If we don't, then we need to find a better way to separate than what we're doing right now.